I had an opportunity to interview a great actor by the name of Bill Duke. During our interview, I talked to him about Jesse Smollett and that recent uh, Hollywood issue with him and the fake people that attacked him or whatever. I asked Bill Duke, I said, Bill Duke, what is up with people? Are they losing their minds? And Bill Duke said, you know, Hollywood drives people crazy. You know, ain't no love out here. There's no love, Tim. If you want love, you better be a florist. <laughs> oh, man, Bill Duke or something else. Hey, guys, my name is Tim Black. Welcome to another edition of Pause with Tim Black. And yo, first of all, let me thank all my returning followers, all my returning listeners. And let me welcome my new listeners and encourage you to follow this podcast as well. It's doing really well. Thanks for your support. In this edition, we talk about Colin Kaepernick. New Netflix special miniseries, Colin Kaepernick in black and white. We're going to talk about that miniseries, what it means, points that are made within it, why it's causing such an outrage. And yo, we're just going to unpack it all. So stay tuned for that. Become a member of this podcast. And as always, cut the check. I ran across this Netflix series. And actually, it ran across me before I even knew there was a series out there. I saw like a flash, came across my, my desk or whatever, but I didn't really pay, pay much attention. Before I, knew, before I knew really what was going on, I started getting these messages, right? Oh, man, people were pissed off. People were livid. So Kaepernick has a Netflix miniseries. It's called... Uh, Colin in black and white, okay? So it's amazing, right? Because first of all, anything that pisses people off, I love it. Oh, I love it because I believe ain't no progress ever going to be made and people are comfortable. I never understand these people that are like, oh man, we got upset and these people said this. Like I'm like, well, that starts a conversation. Oh, I get it. You'd rather us talk about who had the best rap album or who's winning the Super Bowl or who should have won an Oscar. Like, you want us to talk about that type of shit. That's what you want. You think it's better for us to talk about nonsense. And I don't mean, let me not say nonsense. Things that really don't matter as much. See, when we talk about race, we talk about Gender, we talk about society, we talk about culture, we talk about these things. Those things get people pissed off because they really matter. Yeah, they, they cut to the core of who we are. It makes people stop for a second and stop thinking about where they can go buy something, where they can go buy the next cheeseburger, who's got the best chicken sandwich. No matter how much I bust my ass to try to do shows, cover content, do research, I'm always reminded that there's some kid right now playing a video game on Twitch who's crushing me. He's crushing me, man. It's totally blowing my numbers out the park. There's a video of someone pushing someone down a flight of stairs or, or dogs sneaking up on somebody that's killing it. 
So what I'm saying is America is way more interested in, in pastimes that distract them than it is about real conversations about anything. So when I saw this Colin Kaepernick special, this, this miniseries, I said, okay, we're going to talk now. And of course, a lot of people are upset. <laughs> They're going to be upset. That's how it is. Anything Kaepernick causes people to be upset. So, uh, so, so first of all, Unlike some people that are commenting about it, I watched the first three episodes. Yeah, I watched the first three. So I'm commenting from a position of having actually sat down and watched it. Unlike my ranting moron in Facebook, who's just anything Netflix, anything Kaepernick, can just go crazy. No, I watched it. Now, it's amazing that Kaepernick, raised by a white family, white people don't love him though. <laughs> He's raised by a white, he's light-skinned as hell, and he's raised by a white family, and white people are still angry as hell at him. And his white parents are, like, really nice in the miniseries. Like, he's not depicting them in a negative way. They're just white people who don't know anything about black people. Not really. And, like, what do you expect them to do? Like, they don't know about these things. So, so it's, it's, I don't know why people are so upset about it. Other than the fact uh, this main statement, okay, it's a couple things, all right? One of the reasons why people are so upset about it is because Colin Kaepernick does a thing a lot about hair. And they don't understand hair. They don't understand how um, hair plays into the life of a young man and how it's a big deal. It's a big deal to your identity. If you're a white person, you never think about it probably because you're the default. You don't think about how hair impacts your life. But when I used to have hair, when I used to have hair, when I, when I used to go to the barbershop, it was a big deal, okay? And black people's hair is different than white people's hair. Managing is different. And the way it's styled is different. Everything about it is different, okay? And it's not the default. So it's a, its own journey. And I'm sure black women go through this, go through an even more extensive journey because I think the relationship between women and their hair is a much deeper relationship. So I can't speak to that. All I can say is when I was a kid and it was, it was around the time of Big Daddy Kane and um, high top fades and, uh, you know, that hip hop genre, it was a big deal about what kind of hairstyle I was going to get. You know, it was, it was exciting. It was new. It was coming of age. And I see that some people don't understand that. It doesn't translate well uh, to others. But, uh, yeah, it's true, man. I never, I never grew locks or cornrows. I never had my hair that way. Um, I think there was a reason for that. I don't think my mom was into it. My, you know, a lot of black families are very conservative for the most part, you know. Um, it depends on your family, of course. There's no, we're not a monolith. But that's one of the reasons why I say I'm, I'm really concerned about the way people suppress who they really are in order to fit in. You know, if, you, if you're raised like me, you know, your parents had certain uh, rules to the house, okay? So in Colin, Kaepernick's, Kaep in Colin Kaepernick's world, his family had rules to their house. They weren't black rules, so to speak, because they had a black child that they adopted. But they had different rules about hair. So they had to, like, change those rules and change their minds about what hair meant. Because to some people, if you wear your hair a certain way, it makes you a thug. Now, you may not agree, 
that that's a correct assessment. But if you're a black person and you know other black people <laughs> and you know how America functions, well, you probably understand where I'm coming from or where uh, Kaepernick was coming from in that part of the show. So I understand what he was trying to say. I don't necessarily think that that's a problem like uh, that you could blame his parents for. it. It's society. All right. Society has told us that black things are bad. <laughs> black things are black, black black things have a stigma. And that includes our hair. I've covered countless stories on this show. We're not talking about Kaepernick when he was coming up. We're talking about now when kids are getting kicked out of school because of their hair. Because they have cornrows. Or because they have locks. Right? Twists. Um, these things are causing black children right now. Uh, black women lose jobs or have jobs in jeopardy. I saw a newscaster lost her job because she wore hair natural. White people don't lose jobs for wearing their hair natural. Why is that? Like my biggest thing as I as I look at the Kaepernick story, the big the biggest reason why people are upset is the biggest reason why people are upset about everything is that they don't want to admit that America has a racial issue. We got this one whole block of America. Like 30% of America is Republican. I don't know if that means they're conservative, but those people tend to want to deny that race exists, that racism exists, that systemic racism is a problem. They don't even know how to answer the question, why is it that white people wearing their hair in a natural state that, has come out to, that it comes out of their head, why is that not something you could get fired for? Why is that? Why is it something that if you're black, you can get fired for? I mean, that's a basic question. Why are you mad at Kaepernick for talking about something that just is? That's not a spin. It actually happens. But since you don't have to live your life worried about it, it's foreign to you. You don't have to be educated about it. You don't even have to understand it. You can dismiss anyone who complains about it and call them divisive which is probably, is probably what some people are doing right now, that they even brought it up, even though I'm covering the movie. Because no matter what you do, it's some people you, can't, you, cannot, you cannot please them. So don't try to please people. Don't try to please them. All right, so I understood what Kaepernick and what the movie was shooting for. I'm not saying the execution was perfect. There's always different ways to, to display something. But if it was to show people what it's like to be a black kid growing up in America in a white household. Like, I've never seen that. I mean, he was like 14 when the story starts off, and these are issues he started dealing with as he's leaving middle school, as he's leaving junior high school that he hadn't had to deal with before. He started getting bigger, and he's dealing with people going, what are you doing with these white people? Because he's tall. And people are like, what's this guy? Are you okay, ma'am? I mean, that's his mom. And people are like, are you okay? Are you all right? You and mom okay? He's driving in their car, their grand caravan. Him and him and dad and mom, they let him drive the caravan with them in it, and the cop still pulls him over. He's, the cop looks worried that Kaepernick may have stolen the van. <laughs> with his parents in it. Like he's carjacked him. One of my first stories that I covered on this YouTube channel, they got a lot of pushback. 
and a lot of hate was the story of two dancers who uh, were friends with a white girl, a white family, and they were going to a dance contest, and they took the young white girl with them to the dance contest. They had the white family sign paperwork and give them permission, and they were going to travel with that, but that didn't matter. When people saw them on the road with a white woman, with a young white girl, they called the police. And I blamed, I told the kids that they should have expected this. These young men, they should have expected this because America's really racist. And people got upset for just being reality. Like, you have, people are right now upset of Kaepernick about this show, about showing us. He did not create cops that had this, you know, this concern, this racial profiling. But it exists. And he just addresses it in the miniseries. So I know people are going to be upset about that. I say, wow, they're going to be livid. Because in their minds, that never happens. Black people never get racially profiled. That never happens. Black people are never with white people out. And cops pull them over. Antsy. As if something's going on, like maybe somebody got kidnapped. That never really happens. Yes, it happens. These things happen. And people have to be told, no, that's my adopted son. Or no, that's my cousin. Or that's my actual son. I married his mom and now that's my son or whatever. Or that's my daughter. No, she's not. It happens. So instead of admitting that America, we have to keep going through these problems because people won't, don't want to admit. They don't want to admit that America has a racial problem. They want to say, since we had Obama, that we solved our racial problems. And anything contrary to that is divisive, it's looking for excuses, it's uh, playing a victim. They love using that. They love using anything that you point out as if you're playing a victim. Doesn't matter what it is. So anyway, so this Netflix special, not perfect, but I've only seen three episodes, and I can say not perfect, but I get where he's going. And once again, I'm glad he made it. I'm glad he did it. I'm glad it's there. I'm glad Netflix put it out because it starts a conversation. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the conversation is going to be people pissed off, yelling obscenities. And look, this is not about what you think about Colin Kaepernick personally. It's if you know him personally. You don't. You don't know him personally. But people act as if they do. But that's not what the special is about. It's not what the ministry is about. The ministry is about his life in America and race. So, yeah, it's supposed to be controversial because America and race and Kaepernick equals controversy. That's like by default, Johnson. So, the part that really has everyone living is there's a scene, there's a, there's a, I don't know what you call this. There's a part of, the, I think, the first episode where it's about the draft. Or the combine, I'm sorry, the combine. And that's where you display your skills. You, uh, you run your relays, you jump, you show how strong you are, you show your wingspan, you do all these things. 
Uh, and the and the coach or the I guess the uh, the team coaches or the uh, whoever's in charge of drafting, right? They look at you. They apprise you. They measure you. They they do all these things to ascertain what kind of an athlete you are, what kind of a piece of, what kind of an what kind of a person you are, who you are physically, what you're physically capable of, and how good a player you would be for their team. So, it's more to it than that. It's more of a well, in the in the in the episode, it's sort of compared to slaves, and how a slave they actually do this. Okay, the the person, the the football players that are up there and they're standing up and they're doing things, they actually shift them and they blend them into um, back being on the action block, the auction block. And they are slaves, and they're slave masters looking at them, or slaveholders looking at them, and just, you know, kind of decide how much they're going to pay for a slave. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. That's going to be controversial as hell because, you know, we're talking about football players, and he's comparing it to slavery. And the episode's comparing it to slavery, so people obviously going to get pissed off. And I get why you're upset. That's because you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. I get it. Look, I understand you don't get it. I understand you don't get it. I understand. You know, how are you going to get this? How, how's it going to make sense to you? You live in America. You, you, you don't think there's no slavery now. And how are people who are paying millions of dollars still slaves? How's that happen? How's that make sense to you? Well, okay. Good thing you came to the show because now I can break it down to you. Okay? Athletes, back when there were slaves, uh, athletics used to, they used to hold festivals, right? Slave masters let slaves participate in festivals, sports, in order to run off energy, in order to keep them more compliant, uh, less aggressive towards slave masters, to keep them contained, Right? They let them compete amongst each other. Sometimes they did it with bets and wagers with other slave plantations. Like, it's an actual thing. Okay, so first of all, there's a history to it. I'm not saying that's what we have currently, but it does, it is similar, okay? That's what used to happen is you'd have slave masters, sort of like coaches or owners, Coaches or team owners that own people, which is sort of like what you have. When you have a football player, they have a contract, for instance, where they can't go play anywhere else. They can only play for you, right? And when you want, you can trade them, right? You see a similarity? Now, I know it's different because, well, football players get paid. I get that. I get it. I get it. But if you take away the money part, do you see a similarity? Okay. Okay, you do, right? Okay. So, it's the similarities there minus the money, right? Because people are, and also, you choose to do it, okay? That's the important part, right? You choose to play football. You choose to play basketball. You choose to play whatever sport. This is true. This is very true. You do choose it. But do you choose it? Now, seriously, do you choose it? Asking questions. If you're Shaq, 
Does Shaq choose to be seven foot one? I mean, come on, man. There's certain people that are freaks of nature, I would say. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm six foot even. I wish I was six foot four. I don't think I want to be any taller than that. Six foot three, six, six foot four would be my dream height. I had no choice in the matter. Um, but if you're over like six three, do you really have a choice in the matter? Or in my experience, anybody over six three, I'm looking at them like, you don't play sports, dog? <laughs> what a waste of height. Like, do you really have a choice? You know, I said before, Anytime I hear Shaq or uh, what's his name, Charles Barkley, talking smack, like you know, it's like forgetting that they're black. I always want to say to them, "Dog, you do realize if you weren't playing sports, you'd probably be in jail or dead, because you guys are way too big not to scare a cop at some point." I mean, cops get scared at little guys. They were scared of Elijah McClain and killed him. What do you think they would do to your big ass Shaq? What do you think they would do to you? Uh, Charles Barkley, and the attitude, too. I mean, Elijah McClain was like 5'3". He apologized 20 times for doing nothing but walking down the street. And you, 6'8", or 7'1", want to talk about all you got to do, all you got to do is keep your head down. All you got to do is you got to, I'm Big Shaq, I'm Big Shaq. All I do is uh, I, I play, uh, uh, I mind my business, I run my business, I do my thing. I don't, I don't give a, I don't uh, respect the cops, respect the boys in blue, respect the blue, respect the cops. Keep your noise clean, keep your nose clean. Don't get in trouble. Listen to your parents, listen to your parents. Don't have problems. You know, that's, that's Shaq. He's so conservative as if all you got to do is stay out of, don't don't volunteer to do bad things, and everything's going to work out for you. But if you're 6'9", or 6'8", or 7'1", and you're black, and you're walking down the street, first of all, people are afraid of you. So I'm just saying, we say that these people choose to be in sports. Yeah, kind of, man. Kind of. But let's just be honest. Why we can't be honest when we have conversations? Can you just admit when you see a big, tall Negro, big-ass nigga, you're thinking, you better play sports. I know he plays sports. Come on, man. So anyway, people are not honest. And that's why it's hard to have conversations because they want to be right so bad, they're willing to lie. Okay? They're willing to lie to themselves. Next. The other thing about the slave thing, we got to recognize, man, and, and I know it's going to be hard for us to accept because, man, a lot of Americans are broke. And the ones that aren't broke are barely getting by. And I understand that. So it takes a lot for a person to understand that you can have money but still not be free. Yeah, you can have money. If you make a man rich, it doesn't mean you make him free. You can have money but have no control. Look, if you have money, but still, you're black. You can still get racially profiled. You can have money, but still not be free in America. People can still violate your constitutional rights because of this. So, I won't say just because a person plays sports. First of all, the window to play sports is, is like this. It's a brief moment in time, man. You're just one knee injury away from working back at the Home Depot. 
or let's help you, let's help you, you know, spend your money right, or invested your money right, or no one preyed upon you and tricked you out of money in bad investments, or that you didn't make any mistakes in your investments. Let's stop acting like just because you play sports, that means you're going to be LeBron James. A lot of people play and don't become LeBron James. A lot of people play and don't become Shaq. A lot of people play and they don't make all this money you think they make. So, but I get it, man. People are hurting for money. People see these stars and they think there's no way we could compare this to a person who's a slave. I get what you're saying. I do. I understand that. I understand about the money issue. And I do not agree that playing football is the same as being a slave. Because it's a choice and because you get paid. But there are things about playing sports, professional sports, that are issues. And it, it upsets me when I hear people, and I have, I saw some of this today, where people don't, I don't know what it is about, they don't dig any deeper than just the surface level. Yeah, I know you wish you could play sports because you would know me. If I wish I could make that money, I understand that. I get it. But you do realize that there are these things called owners. You do realize this, right? And you can combine the, the, the top 20 uh, football players. They're less than a quarter of, the, of a, the poorest owner. Let me repeat that. Combine the top 20 football players, highest paid football players, are worth about a quarter of of the poorest NFL team owner. And the top, if you look at just the top 10 NFL players, all of them are white. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know you go, well, well, Colin Kaepernick made a lot of money. Yeah, I understand that. I get it. I get it. I just told you, the top 10 football players are white and they're quarterbacks. Like Brett Favre, Drew Brees, the Manning boys, Roethlisberger. That's five right there. They're in the top 20, top 10, okay? You don't hear no black guys' names, do you? So, but that's just players. Always know it ain't about playing. It's about being the administrator, being the owner. That's where it is, and that's what black people are locked out of. So that's really the difference here. Yeah, I know Kaepernick made money. I know football players make money. I know Shaq makes money. But any business person, any person that's wealthy will tell you, ownership is always where it is. Football players have a brief window of being able to play football, okay? Business ownership is where it's at. I'm not saying that they're in a better position than you and I. Of course they are. In a much better position than me. Hell, I got to listen to these people complain on my videos for free. <laughs> Threaten to pull their, you know, pull their free subscription. So, of course, they're doing better than me. But I understand the point. And the point is ownership. Control of your destiny is the goal. And that's the goal for all of us, shouldn't it be? Whether we work and, and, and also being paid fairly. Paired fairly. To fairly be paid, right? To fairly be compensated, which is why we fight for not $10 an hour, not $15 an hour, $25 an hour, because we recognize 
people need a certain, we, we want people to live well. We want people to be able to afford, afford to live indoors. Okay? Well, on these sports teams, these, these players generate so much money for their owners, the owners can afford to play them what they pay them and still kill it. Super kill it. Like, amazing, like, worth $8 billion, $9 billion, $10 billion. That's the ballpark for, like, owners, dog. And you're comparing a football player that may make $50 million and then end up with a, a, a brain issue later. You're comparing the two. Or you're not comparing the two. And you think you should be happy just to play the game. And that's what America has done to black people since black people been in America. Be happy, we let you play. Whether it was on a plantation and let you run around for an hour or two. Be happy, we let you play. It's a privilege to play. We do the same thing in college. It's a privilege to play. Meanwhile, the colleges are making money, right? And don't get me wrong, white kids are doing the same thing. White kids are saying, they're saying the same thing to poor white kids. It's a privilege to play. It's a privilege for you to be here. It's a privilege to go to our university and make us millions of dollars of which you get none of. I get that. I understand that. But those, but black kids, black folks have a different legacy in this country where we're locked out of ownership. None of the owners are black. There's no rule that says those football players, those white kids that play ball, that they couldn't own a team. Okay? Black owners is like, black owners would be like a purple, I mean, not a purple, but a pink elephant, right? So, you know, when we look at, we look at, I know Kaepernick's going to piss people off. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not here to debate the kneeling. Okay? We're not talking about that. We moved on. We're talking about the Netflix special. And oh, and another thing, guys, as we, as we digest some of this stuff, cut the check. But no, as we digest some of this stuff, you do realize that the media does what they want to do to people, right? I mean, we do realize that, right? Like, there are people that hate Kaepernick with such a fervor. It's like, you do realize the media, like, you can say something and the media put it a certain way. Like, we do understand that. Like, there are people that vehemently hate Kaepernick as if he did something to their house. I mean, your overwhelming anger at this person that you've never met seems a little bit misdirected. It seems a little bit like it says something about who you are. I mean, I can't think of a person who's not an official, a government official. I mean, the media let him host press, hold press conferences. He didn't because she doesn't control the media. So as angry as you are at Kaepernick, I'm trying to understand, like, don't you understand how this works? The media sees somebody, whether it's BLM or Colin Kaepernick or Al Sharpton or anybody that you hate, and they give them attention and they give it a narrative and they make money off of it. And some things they say or didn't say or some things they do or don't do, and it gets shaped a certain way to project a certain image to make a certain profit. I mean, we do know how America works, right? Right? We do understand that. Or is it that you only understand how the media plays when it's somebody you like and you're defending them? You're like, everyone understands how the media works badly when they're like misquoting Joe Rogan 
or they're getting Trump wrong, but they never understand how the media can get things wrong or misquote people or paint false narratives when it's somebody they don't like. I'm just trying to figure out how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and, that, and then same goes to everybody. Like, everyone's super woke when it's their side they're defending. Well, you know, obviously, this person could have meant something else. And you know, the media lies and manipulates. But then when it's somebody you hate, you give them no room at all. You're like, ah, kill them, burn them alive, blow their house up, throw eggs. You know, just like no consideration that we live in a capitalistic society and people are parasites. These corporations operate like parasites. They have an algorithm called make more money and they don't really give a damn. So anyway, anyway, so anyway, just just thought I'd throw that out there because some people, I can feel it. I can feel it through the camera. People are going crazy right now. Colin Kaepernick's Netflix special is pissing people off because nobody wants to accept we have a racist country. That race is still an issue and it's going to be an issue until you cut the check. At least until then. How are you never going to make shit right with black folks and then think black folks supposed to just shut up? How stupid is that? How, you know, if white people ever got screwed over by their government enough for, for, for five generations in a row, you'd never shut up about it. Ah, you never shut up about it. You would, you would be standing on it until you got justice. Why do you think black people won't do the same thing? I don't understand what's wrong with you. Like, what's your problem? I would expect nothing less of you. If you felt that you were wrong, if you, if you felt that your parents or your grandparents, your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your great-great-great-grandparents were wrong and never compensated, I expected you, I would expect you to never lay down about that. Why do you expect black people to just walk at all? Because it's convenient for you. But I would never expect you to do that. That's how little you think of us. Anyway. Uh, there's a book. There's a book by William C. Roden. It's called $40 Million Slaves. As much as you want to be mad at Colin Kaepernick, there's a book that analyzes this, okay? It's a, it's a book, uh, I was looking at it, $40 Million Slaves by William Roden, okay? It's a bestseller. It's on Amazon. Go check it out. It's the rise and fall, a redemption of the black athlete. Now, the, the, uh, the writer is a, uh, a former New York Times columnist. Uh, it was published in 2006. He's an African-American. He's a black man. A sports journalist. He himself was a former athlete. So he has context. He has lived experience. Right? So he's not a culture vulture. He's actually an athlete as well, so that's great. And um, he explores the position of black athletes in contemporary society while they're while they share in the wealth, the fame, and the admiration to which world-class athletes have become accustomed, they still, according to Rodin, lack real power within the industry, the industry that they help create. They don't control anything. It's always amazing to me that people could see black people in America for as long as we've been here, over 400 years, and our lack of control 
in industries and not, not contribute that or attribute that to structural racism. They attribute that to we don't want it. They attribute it to if you just worked harder. They attribute it to you need to listen to Thomas Soul so that you will not be a victim. They really think that all those millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of African Americans born in America, that we are still less than 2% in all these major industries of ownership because we just are victims. We want to be victims. We, are, we all have a victim mentality. So that's why we can't get a foothold in these industries. I mean, they don't even listen to themselves. And then those same people will say, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. And then when cornered, they'll say, well, that's what Candace always believes. And Candace is articulate. And she's really bright and clean. And Larry Elder is articulate. And he's really bright and clean, too. So that's how they get their pass through these Negroes that they've chosen. They're cool. So also in this book, so we so also, so it's important, remember, Colin Kaepernick did not come up with the idea. $40 million slave, that's been out for over a decade. You didn't read it, you didn't know it existed. Okay, so is that is that as angry as you are, there was a bestseller that framed it the same way. <laughs> so I know. And as upset as you are, they used to have Olympics or festivals and sports or plantations where we didn't earn any money. We just ran around. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the, the the slave masters would pit us to play each other so the slave holders would bet each other. Like, you know, like horses. But you don't see the point. Okay. Uh, so, okay, Fox News had a lot of fun with this. Oh, they were, they were breathing fire this morning. Man, um, what, what is it? Uh, here goes the article uh, from The Hill, which is basically Fox News. Yeah, they're a white-wing organization themselves, The Hill. Uh, the first episode of the six-part miniseries likens the draft to enslaved people being placed on the auction block. Enslaved people. Um, that's funny. <laughs> it likens it to enslaved people. They're already erasing that slaves in America were black. They're already doing that. It's enslaved people. Okay. Before being sold to bidders. Remember the Irish? Just dumb. The Irish were slaves. Indigenous servants, dummy. What they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, examine you Searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respect, no dignity left intact. It says then a Netflix special then cuts to an NFL scene of hopefuls portrayed by black actors moving from a football field to an auction block, morphing into slaves with shackles on them. Among the critics uh, was former NFL player Jack Brewer who once called former president Trump the first black president. Yeah! He's the right person to ask. <laughs> the black player 
that called Trump the first black president. Why? Because uh, he took a picture with Mike Tyson. Uh, anyway. Ah, next. So anyway, for, uh, so anyway uh, Fox News is having a real field day with this. They're really upset about it. And I like it. Once again, I like that people are upset. Okay? I like that this causes a conversation. I like that we're discussing race and, and we get to have this this uh, deep dive. And, and I don't care what you think about Colin Kaepernick as a person. Just recognize that we're getting pimped and played here. Okay? And some of us are getting pimped and played more than others. And those others are black folks. The, the black folks are being pipped and played more, more than any other group. That's what's been happening forever in this country. Your, your refusal to understand that ain't really my problem, Johnson. You don't have to accept reality. You can say the, the sky is polka dot red and purple if you want. That's fine. So I'm the, look, my job is not to convince a bunch of dummies, right? It is what it is. Water's wet. Fire's hot. Man, stick your, look, stick your head in the, in the fire, in the chimney if you want, on the grill. It's cool. You don't have to accept reality. I'm just telling you what the thermometer says, Johnson. Ain't my job to teach you what gravity is. You know, I'm going to tell you, but if you want to jump out the plane, jump out the plane. So... Like I stated earlier about the, the the owners, okay. The top owner is worth fifteen fourteen point five billion dollars. His name is David Tepper of the Panthers. See, in order for you not to be the help, you have to own shit. This is very basic concept. In order for black people not just to be the help and to control their destiny. They would have to have some ownership. And that's not just football, Johnson. It's, it's more than just football. Okay? We're talking about many other industries as well. So that's really where I want to take the conversation. I want people to recognize that this just isn't about football. This is about black life. And honestly, you know, these folks that don't want to consider, like, ask basic questions like, why? Why is it that black players are only players, that black people can only play but not own, not make the decisions? Why is that? Well, you have to have the money to buy the team. But it's about more than having money to buy the team. No one's forced to sell to you. You can have money to buy a house, but guess what has to happen? Somebody has to want to sell you the house. If they don't want to sell to you, there's no rule they have to sell to you. It's not like you're walking into McDonald's and want to buy a shake, okay? They don't have to sell to you. They don't have to take the lowest bidder. They don't have to accept you. Get what I'm saying? That's how it works. So that's how they're able to control who does what. They've been controlling. Sports has been controlled. As as is the as is the case in so many other uh, lines of business, so other lines of industry. I went over this before, but I guess it bears repeating because I think people don't understand exactly the gravity of what I'm referring to. I covered it before, and I called it the less than two percent rule. 
It's taken from my friend Sean Rochester's book, The Black Tax. So, taking sports out of it, because I know people look at sports athletes and say, ah, these people are lucky. They, you know, they, they, uh, they got lucky. They made money. We don't want to hear about them. Stop complaining. You're rich as hell. Whatever. Okay. Let's take it out of the sports arena. Look at it for what it is across America. Why is sports any different than other industries? It's not. It's one of the worst offenders. It's not just about having diversity. You got to have a black guy in your company. It's what does a black guy do? It's not just where the, why don't you employ black women? It's what are their positions? Get what I'm saying? Where are the black women businesses? And, and look, folks, I didn't know this stuff until I started researching it. Once you research it and you keep asking questions like why, your answers can't always be black people don't work hard enough because that's racist. Because that's not a fact. That's your opinion, Johnson. But here's some facts. Black people have less than 2% of U.S. of U.S. wealth. 14% of the population, less than 2% of U.S. wealth. Why? Black people own less than 2% of U.S. land. Been in the country 400 years, been free 150 years, on less than 2% of the land. Why? I know we don't really want land. Okay. Uh, less than 2% of black people are in high-skill-paying jobs since emancipation. Less than 2% of high-skilled jobs, science, Engineering, these types of jobs are employed by black people, are held by black folks, black men and women. Why? Don't tell me it's Netflix and chill. That's what did it. Don't tell me it's Ice Cube made a song that time. Come on, Johnson. Really? We're too out. We'll keep going. The Homestead Act, which gave over 246 million acres to 1.5 million families. How many of those families were black? Less than 2%. That was a government giveaway. That's one of those giveaways that you keep saying black people want. That white people already got. FHA loans. You know, Fair Housing Administration. $120 billion worth of those loans. How many did black folks get? Less than 2%. Why? Let's go keep saying why. I know it's annoying, but you got to say why. And stop saying it's magic. Stop believing it's magic. And if you believe, it's because you insert stereotype, you're a racist or you're an idiot. Because there's some black people that go, it's because, it's because we are, that time, that time my buttermilk biscuits didn't come on time, or that time, I don't know, because somebody left the house. No, I'm trying to tell you, all those problems you talk about are because of this. It's the other way.
It's the other way. All those things, all those excuses you're going to bring up about pathologies or said or suggested pathologies, all of those, I believe, derive from these conditions. The lack of opportunity creates crime. Crime does not create lack of opportunity. If it was that way, Italians wouldn't be in positions of authority, wouldn't have money, wouldn't be successful, and would not be considered white. Neither would the Irish. All of which, including the Kennedys, did crime. So we need to pull our heads out of our asses. Let's continue, Johnson. $95 billion was spent on the GI Bill, reinvesting in Americans in the form of business loans, houses, what have you. FDR did a great thing. Too bad, less than 2% of that GI Bill went to black folks. Same thing with the New Deal, $50 billion. Less than 2% of doctors are men, black men. Less than 2% of doctors are black women. Less than 2% of lawyers are black women. Less than 2% of lawyers are black men. Why? So, so look, you can work at the law firm and pick up and run the copy machine, but who's making the decisions? Who's running the law firms? Who's building the, who has the equity? Okay, and that's why it's so it's so infuriating when you talk to people that don't understand business and they got a lot to say. But what's even more infuriating are those who know this shit. I mean, I know I'm not saying anything new. I've even covered this before on this show, but I always got new people coming in, so I want to make sure people get it right. But there are people that I know understand what's going on in America who play dumb. Everybody's not like learning for the first time. Some of us are. I didn't know this stuff five years ago. I had to learn it, right? But there are people that I, that I really truly believe, guys, who understand what's going on in America. They understand the determination to keep black folks down in this country that's baked into America. And they play stupid. They gaslight. They, they don't know what's going on. And I'm trying to tell you, even some of your friends to these conservatives, they know what's going on too. But they found their way out of this despair. They found their way out of the struggle by lying. And people lie all the time. So it's not just them, but they are definitely lying because not all of them are stupid either. I don't believe that Larry Elder's that ignorant that he would try to blame black people for their situation in this country, knowing damn well we've only been free in this country for 150 years. And some would say, if you don't have the right to vote, you're never free. And some would say, as long as we have a jail system that's run, it's run a form of slavery, that's running in a form of slavery, none of us could be free. Some would say that, but never Larry Elder or Candace Coonins. And I would call Larry Elder a name, but I can't think of one that rhymes with him. Somebody come up with a disparaging name for Larry Elder. I don't want to single out Candace Coonins. 
Why are black folks less than 2% of film directors? Film execs and directors. I know you hear a lot about the couple, the handful, but there are hundreds of them. And you only hear about five of them. So the five they have, they throw their names around all the time. But they're not the most successful. They don't make the most money. And they don't have the most power, Johnson. Sort of like Oprah. All you hear is Oprah. You know, there are a lot of other, other uh, there, there are a lot of no-name white folks who have shows, white women that have shows all across America. You know that? It's like a bit that Chris, what was it, Chris Rock said? How hard he had to work to buy his house? Like someone said, like, he was, he was talking about how hard he had to work. And that part of the reason why he was so successful in his comeback tours is because he bought a house he couldn't afford. So he bought this very expensive house, and then he had to make sure to keep it. Okay? And he was saying how he worked so hard, you know, to sell out arenas and be in movies and do this and do shows. And he lives, who, he, who does he live next door to? A white dentist. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying how when you're black, you got to, you know, do all these extravagant things in order to get ahead. And when you're white, you just, it ain't a big deal. You just do it. So, uh, back to this. Okay. 2% of the advertising revenue. 2% of advertising revenue. Less than 2%. I'm sorry. Less than 2% of advertising revenue. And those cable, from cable shows, for movies, from national syndicated magazines or national syndicated shows are given to black media. You know, like Tim Black's show. You know, like this show. You don't think this show is as good as some of the white stuff that gets funded? Really? You don't think that I'm as good as some of the white guys that you don't like to watch? <laughs> that are getting funded? And do you think that we really make the same amount of money? That's what you think? Okay. Why? So you know it's not true. I mean, I'm just saying, guys, it's like Colin Kaepernick special is going to piss people off because people don't want to deal with race. They want to say that any discussions about race are divisive, people playing victim. Once again, guys, that's how it is. That's how America's built. They'd rather for us to talk about who's got the best, uh, who did the best dance or, you know, you know, to, to cheer for an American idol or uh, America's Got Talent or something. They don't want to talk about real stuff, real shit that impacts our lives. They don't want to talk about who is uh, benefiting from us not having health care. They don't want to talk about how much more money it costs to go to school. They damn sure don't want to talk about reparations. They don't want to talk about cutting the check. They don't want to talk about... Uh, giving us those government uh, contracts for black small businesses because they want to help black people so much that they choose not to do that, which would actually help grow small businesses. I have a small business. It would really help if I had a media contract. Yeah, I don't have to do the Tim Black show. But it's hard to qualify. There's reasons. Sometimes you got to put a sign up that says no blacks allowed. And sometimes you just got to raise the cost and get the same result. Yeah, there ain't a sign. <laughs> it's not a sign saying, you know, 
No blacks, but the dollar the dollar sign says it. The price tag says it. So yeah, we could we could keep going on and on. I like Colin Kaepernick special. I worry about those black folks who look at this and for some reason jump on the wrong side of the argument. This ain't about Colin Kaepernick as a person. This ain't about what his what his uh about kneeling. That's me, it isn't. No, no. You gotta stop being about being about the bullshit. Realize these people that don't want to have this conversation, these people that never want to talk about race, are the same people who are fine with you being on the bottom and staying there. You're not helping anyone by saying, let's not talk about it. Your Morgan Freeman approach to racial politics ain't working. The Morgan Freeman guide for, if we just stop talking about it, if we just stop talking about it, it'll go away. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to not call you a white man. And you don't call me a black man. And you're still, you know what? And his, your black ass would still be poor as hell in Alabama or something, wherever you're from, Morgan. But somebody white gave you a job, Morgan. That's what happened, Morgan. And if it's not you specifically, it's somebody like you. I'm not saying all white people are evil. What I'm saying is the system, it's evil as hell. That's what I'm saying. I know I got people that will say different things. I'm not them. Everyone make, wants to make this class, but race and class intersect. Accept that or don't accept it at your own peril. I'm Tim Black. This is Pause with Tim Black. This podcast is doing really well. You know why? Because we tell it like it is. So go to timblackpause.com and follow this podcast. The Colin Kaepernick miniseries is interesting. It's liable to make some bigger tears explode. It's going to make some black people upset too. And that's cool. That's good. Sometimes you got to crack a few heads in order to make a point. Is it heavy-handed at points? Yeah, a little bit. Do I have a problem with it? No, because it starts a conversation. And as bad as you say, as bad as you say it depicts certain groups, I don't think it does. Because all in all, Colin Kaepernick loves his parents. And his parents are white. There it is. It is what it is. All right, guys. Real Tip Black on Facebook and Twitter. Tip Black and that on Instagram. Shout out to the Tip Black Wolfpack for coming through. Thank you to anybody who contributed to this show. Thank you for the super chats. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing this show. And with that, I'll see you tomorrow when the phone lines will be open. 11 p.m. sharp, damn it. I'm saying sharp. Be here for that, y'all. Be down with it. That's it, Johnson. Wolfpack.